Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to Dungeon College Radio. We have author Dan Wells on tonight's show. Uh, we also have... McKay, the coolest one on the show. And... Deadpool. You guys know who I am. You don't need to ask. Deadpool. You became Deadpool? I'm Deadpool. That's awesome. It's Jared here. What's up, guys? <laughs> so, thanks for coming on the show and talking about, you know, the books and everything else you're into. I mean, because uh, Blue Screen just recently came out. Yes, it did. And uh, I'm very excited about it. So, can you kind of... Give us a little bit of information on what Blue Screen is. Yeah, Blue Screen is the first of a new series um, from the same publisher that did Partials. Uh, Blue Screen is cyberpunk, so near future SF, uh, kind of YA. Um, I don't, I never know quite how to explain the thing because I don't want to give any spoilers, and I haven't worked up a really great like elevator pitch for the book yet. Um, how about this? It is a group of, of uh, teen girls who live in Los Angeles in the year 2050. They are semi-pro video game players who are trying to go pro. Yeah. And, and uh, in this world, everyone has a computer installed in their brain. And that's kind of the next generation of the smartphone. Everybody has one. That's what we use as our phone, as our camera, as our computer, as our GPS. Because let's be honest, that's where we're headed at this point. Yeah. And so one of the girls gets involved with a drug called Blue Screen that uh, you plug into this computer in your head, and it gives you a buzz and then crashes your brain for about 10 minutes. Is this inspired by the BSOD? Oh, absolutely. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, if, I, if I'm going to have a drug that crashes your brain to desktop, there's no not name it blue screen. So yes, uh, that's what it's about. Computer and so nerd brownie points. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really fun. It's the first of a series. Um, every book is going to be about some different form of, you know, cyber crime and, and various kind of virtual reality, cybernetic shenanigans going on. It I'm, sounds like Sneakers really, meets Tron. That's a good way of describing it. Um, we pitched it, I pitched it to my publisher as Veronica Mars meets Ghost in the Shell. Nice. Ooh, that's good. So, now, so is this considered cyberpunk then? Yes. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> but not really. You only have a half an hour for this show. Um, <laughs> defining what cyber is 
and who considers what to be cyberpunk is a very long and fraught conversation. Yes. Um, in the most basic terms, I will describe this as entry-level cyberpunk. Um, it is not super crazy. It's not like the Budayin series. It's not um, going to redefine the nature of reality the way that a lot of the classic cyberpunks did. But all of the elements, all of the kind of set dressing that made me fall in love with cyberpunk 25 years ago... Um, this is my opportunity to play with that and bring it to a new audience that for the most part, hasn't read a lot of science fiction at all. So it's really fun. That's awesome. I like that. Would you consider <laughs> it more like a heist movie or more of like a, I don't know, uh, what do they call them? Conspiracy movies or what's a basic, basic plot point that we can go off? Basic, of? basic. Okay. Um, the second, the second book, which I've actually just finished uh, that's the heist one. The right. first book I would describe almost more as like a a digital justified. It's a drug war between rival gangs. That's awesome. I haven't quite seen cyberpunk in that element before, I don't think. That's pretty cool. Well, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, cyberpunk is coming back. And this is what's great about it, because we've grown into it. Uh, all of the things, I remember the first time I read Neuromancer when I was in high school, it didn't even make sense to me. It was a different language, practically. And then I read it again a few years later, after the internet had come around, after everyone had their own email address and their own website, and we were familiar with those concepts of, of online interaction. And all of a sudden, Neuromancer felt shockingly familiar and that's one of the great things about near future is that if you do it right it comes true almost before you can manage to get the book published wow that's awesome yeah that's really cool so so help me understand a little bit more too so you said like essentially the people are the smartphones now and you said they're semi-pro gamers trying to become pro gamers so like are they when they do the video game world, are they essentially the player? Like, they're in it, or they're still controlling something else? Like a surrogate? Yeah. It, it's, it's still a virtual reality. And so um, they plug in, and then it's... I created my own game for it. It's called Overworld, and it's basically my favorite video games mashed together, which means that it's uh, Counter-Strike and City of Heroes and League of Legends all mushed together into a virtual reality thing. And so from their perspective, they feel as if they're really there in the game, but you know, they know that it's just a virtual reality avatar. Interesting. So it's not like a, uh, you know, the... What, what was the old movie where they were actually in the game? You know, no one is physically being hunted for sport or anything like yeah, that. It's, like, it's not like if you die in the game, you die in real life, correct? That is correct. Oh, okay. My People mind die was out all... in, like, the Gerard Butler gamer world for a minute there. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Or, or Spider-Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't go that far. No, I mean, it's a really cool concept. I like the, you know, the aspect of you have a computer in your brain, but it's also kind of scary. I mean, to think that eventually... Yeah, you know, it's always in your brain. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, I lost my phone," because it's well, in your head. 
We know? have a unique, I, I guess, uh, perspective yeah. of this concept because I, I don't know if you've heard of the facility called The Void. Oh, yeah. But Dan and, and I and the Dungeon Crawlers crew got to go experience that. And I got to be honest, virtual reality is one of the most mind-bending, extreme experiences I've ever had in my life. Like, it is so dang awesome. Yeah. And to think of that world put into, you know, such stresses as, like, going after drug lords and stuff like that, that's pretty dang intimidating just off the bat. It's pretty much Grand Theft Auto in the void. I would not want to play Grand Theft Auto in the void. (laughs) That would not work for me. Is anybody recording me in the void? Because CJ's going to go Grand Theft Auto on this. No, I mean, that'd be pretty cool, but there's just... So, I mean... You're in there, and you're experiencing all this. I mean, how do you deal with that much data flowing in and out of your head? I mean, is there? I mean, I get. What is the science that you came up with to allow well, that? Well, that that is one of the reasons that uh, playing the virtual reality, experiencing virtual reality, they have to plug in. Um, you know, we're already long past the days when we need any kind of physical connection to transfer most data, and so. But I, but I wanted to have, and this is kind of my nostalgia peeking through. I just wanted to have head jacks, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's the cyberpunk I grew up with. It, if you can't plug your head into something, then then it's cheating. Yeah. And with virtual reality, there is there's too much data for you to do it wirelessly, so they have to plug in for it. I like that the matrix effect. Yeah, it's awesome. So did you say it's like a chip in their head now, or it's like a full on like computer system thing that's installed into them? Well, it is. It's, um, you know, whatever a phone would be considered to be, only way more powerful. And presumably, because it's the future, a little smaller. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want an yes. iPhone like 6 Plus in my brain. It's <laughs> a little too big. But, and, and it comes with some peripheral hardware. You know, they uh, they make some modifications to your eyes because it's, it's a heads-up display is how you experience everything. In, the, uh, in order to use that computer... It's all either direct thought or, you know, visual stuff that I can see in my field of vision and nobody else knows what I'm looking at. Uh, I, I like the idea. And this actually, you know, is, is one of the reasons that I think virtual reality can work with this kind of system because it taps directly into your I'm talking about this technology as if it's real. That's OK. <laughs> Which is hilarious to everyone. Who it's, is real not a world, it is real. Yeah, um, it's real somewhere. It's real somewhere. So. One of the reasons, for example, that virtual reality is works really well for some things and not others is that it's very hard to do movement properly. Because if you're in a virtual system, even if you're like running on a treadmill, your body can tell that you're not moving the way your eyes are telling you that your environment is moving. And that makes people sick. Anytime they try to do like a run and gun virtual reality video game, it makes people violently ill. Um, and so one of the reasons that overworld works is that it, it kind of it taps directly into your nervous system. And so it can fool your inner ear at the same time. It's fooling your eyes, uh, just by telling you, okay, you're running right now. There's a building, there's an explosion, you're falling, whatever. And you get all of those experiences that way. Nice. Yeah, I mean, because I kind of 
going back to the void when we went through there they had to have textile things to touch you know if we were up against a wall you were actually physically touching a wall mm-hmm. or sitting down on a bench mm-hmm. um, so that your your body could at least compensate for what your eyes were seeing so it took it to a new level yeah. too it's like because yeah your brain can tell when something isn't real when like you said motion isn't matching what you're seeing the void kind of takes that away because everything is physical you can touch yeah. things you can feel things you feel heat coming off a fire and stuff like that but I have done virtual reality where it's just you're moving along, but you're in a, like a seated position or a standing position, and it does get very disorienting. Yeah, it's just like you don't feel like you're engaged enough. So I mean, that's that's interesting that it tricks the nervous system and the inner ear and all that. So I mean, that just takes everything to an an insane level. So what are the virtual world consequences? I mean, like I know it's like somewhere in between, like I don't know, Inception and Digimon or something like that. But <laughs> where where does the Ooh, the consequence? Is there a Digimon world now? That would there be has awesome. to be. That's the third book, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Digimon. The digital, I need to put you know, something like world? that in because that would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's like like what are the consequences of well. I think, and and this is my own bias perhaps peeking through, that I think if virtual reality becomes prevalent, I think if it becomes that easy and that immersive, there will be maybe not so much a backlash as just a, a cultural need, an emotional need for reality to balance it out. There will absolutely be the kinds of people that just get lost in it and they never want to, uh, um, you know, leave the virtual world because it's so much cooler. Yeah, we thought I that World of Warcraft of us, players were already lost. Imagine if they were in a virtual reality world. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do suspect, though, that most of us, maybe, maybe it's just I hope most of us, would, you know, appreciate going to like a real nightclub instead of a virtual one even if it's only now oh, no 14 <laughs> bucks a drink i'm not quite sure <laughs> hmm. so you did but, say there was uh i guess a drug war so people are trying to kill each other in this book correct absolutely with so does that computer chip or phone or whatever in their head, do they use that against them? Like, can they somehow short-circuit that to, like, explode in their head? Dude, I'm totally envisioning, like, Kingsman right now at the very end where everyone's heads are just all over the place. Or is that not really incorporated into that at all? Well, it is a YA, so I didn't want to go full scanners and have heads exploding. (laughs) But but yes, I, I had to assume, just for a world in which people have computers in their heads, I think we have to assume a baseline of very effective antiviral software. Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to function. Um, but that said, yes, the book is absolutely full of people hacking into various things, people exploiting the environment um, and the digital environment. Uh, in order to get into somebody's head or to do something and so on and so on. And I can't go too deep into it without giving stuff away. But, yes, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's just, all in there. Just I'm the, very happy with it. Uh, going off, you know, are drugs even necessary or are drugs now a digital virus? Dude, can you imagine... Can you imagine, like, being in the void, like, on heroin or something? Like, that takes it that takes it to, like, a whole new level. It's just like, ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? Especially that, yeah. that alien board. You'd be extremely paranoid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Where are you, Master Chief? Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, so are, are 
drugs in that now, um, you know, viruses or are crimes now committed because it's, you know, how how does kidnapping work? Because now you can, I mean, they're lojacked pretty much. So, I mean, is that even possible anymore? Do they hack it so it's a different signal? I mean, there's so many questions now. Yeah, one of the interesting things to try to figure out was, I mean, and, and this is what we're trying to figure out right now as a society, is is where is privacy in a world like that? Yeah. If literally everyone has, or almost everyone has, a computer in their head, we can always find everyone. We always know where everyone is. Um, you know, walking down the street, your uh, the computer in the head is called a genie. And all of the storefronts and all the restaurants will read your genie and they'll recognize who you are and they'll check your purchase history and they'll go, oh, this guy really loves chicken wings. And they'll send you, you'll get a little pop-up in your vision that says, hey, come on into the restaurant. We've got a sale on chicken wings. Like everyone knows who you are and where you are all the time. That made it hard as a writer to, you know, to put people in peril, to allow people to do things in secret and even just because it's YA, one of the kind of cliches of YA is that there's never any parents around, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get away from that as well. And so not only does she have a family, but her dad's the one that pays the, for the, you know, the phone, the genie in her head. So he has parental controls in there. He can get in. He can figure out where she is all the time. Uh, if she doesn't answer the phone, he knows that it's because she's being a brat instead of just can't find it because it's right there in her head. Yeah, that's what um, she's doing. It made it tricky. I think in a world like that, for example, the only people who would use cash are the people who are very specifically trying not to leave a paper trail. Uh, there are places you can go with no reception, and that's where you can hide. That's where crimes would get done, mm-hmm. get done, things like that. So you just have to think about the world with this whole extra layer on top of it to figure out how things will happen and where they'll happen and, and how you can be secret about it. Even in the future, there's still a, an area of no bars. Dang it. No, we're going to be very grateful for those no bar areas. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's cool. I mean, you know, then uh, what happens if you have a really bratty kid? Does that mean you just hack in with your parental controls and change their behavior? Can you modify them from going from a really bratty kid? Yeah, what's to the futuristic the version of a V chip? Yeah. Well, see, that is something that I haven't. Like I said, I don't. I don't know if you guys have read uh, the Booty Yin series by George Alec Effinger. One of the big, uh, major world building and plot elements in that series is personality modification, mm. where you can slot a chip into your head and become a completely different person, and it will change. You know, not not just your personality, but your physical capabilities and and the kinds of things that you will notice in the way that you'll react to the world. And for this first book, I didn't want to get that crazy. Like okay. I said, keeping it to entry level for now. However, absolutely, eventually, I'm going to be getting into the really wacky cyberpunk stuff, and I'm very excited for it. I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever seen the British TV series? I know it's on Netflix called Black Mirror. Um, I started it once and then had to stop for some reason and never had a chance to get back to it. Well, most people but saw it's it like because anthology it's very series, heavy. right? Like a Twilight Zone kind of thing? Yeah, very Twilight Zone-esque. It's very dark and heavy and just it's really, really dense in its storytelling. And one of the episodes, which happens to be one of my favorite episodes, is where they 
kind of imprison everybody in their like digital personalities and digital like beings and stuff like that. And the whole premise of of the entire episode is kind of reflecting on modern day society on how we're so dependent on our phones and our virtual lives and our sims and yada 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 yada. And ultimately, there's a man who breaks out of it, and society looks down on him, thinking he's weird and unusual, and it almost breaks him, and he ends up caving and giving in to, instead of spending his money on physical objects, he gets his avatar a new hat or a new accessory and all that kind of stuff. Is that something we might see in the book, where people value virtual possession more than physical possessions? I think so. I mean, I think we're already there in a lot of ways. Yeah. We sure are. I mean, I, I, how long has it been since uh, Diablo 2 came out and people were spending thousands of dollars on items in the game? Well, and, what we're having a problem with today is stuff like Clash of Clans. Like, people are literally pouring money into their mobile gaming, uh, or their mobile games. And they're mm -hmm. like the stupidest, simplest things, but people become so obsessed with them that real money starts becoming a factor. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's going to happen. I think Bitcoin is an example of how the real world and the digital world are blending. And that's only going to get more common and more prevalent and cause more problems. I just want to be upfront with all you guys. Like, as soon as Pokemon Go comes out, I am gone. Bye-bye, Siege. He will be <laughs> catching Pokemon for the rest of his life. We'll be, we'll be doing the show, and you'll be like, oh, dang it, Eevee, gotta get Eevee. No, no, you'll be doing the show, and I'll be out somewhere trying oh, to get a Charizard. Yeah. Actually, Jared doesn't go outside yeah. at night, so we'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> How am I going to get a Gengar? I'm ready to change. It's the only way to get a ghost Pokemon at night. Yeah, learn your Pokemon. Yep. I'm, I don't know about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it's, it's crazy to think. I mean, Bitcoin, we digital... I mean, we kind of have digital money as it is. I mean, almost everyone has a debit card now, and... We never see money. You know, it's direct deposited in. You run your card. Money goes out. But I'm talking about, like, but, game yeah. money. Oh, yeah. You know, like, people literally will value their coins on their mobile games yeah. more than the dollars in their account sometimes, which I think is well, just absolutely crazy. It, it, it sounds crazy, but, you know, if you're within a group of friends, like, who all play the same digital game, it's common for them to pay each other with fake money instead of real money yeah. because it is just as valuable. And in that sense, it isn't really fake money, you know? I mean, the only reason the weird green paper in my pocket is valuable is because we've all agreed as a society that it is. Yeah. What and I'm so if you're within a group is... that agrees the same about video game money, then absolutely, it, it has the same validity. It's just crazy to me to think that, you know, okay, you get to one point in a game and it's like, cool, this is fun, and then the game gets really, really hard, and they're like, you can keep progressing for the next two months and kind of get a little something, or you can give us five ninety nine for 500 coins and get where you want to go a lot quicker. I'm just like, yeah, <clears throat> America sucks. See, and that bothers us as old school gamers because yes. we're like, you know what, when I was a kid and I would beat, you know, Final Fantasy, it was because I spent <laughs> 300 hours playing Final Fantasy and getting really good at it. Imagine a, if you had to drop. Game. Imagine if you had to drop fifty bucks to finish Ocarina of Time. Like that would be <laughs> stupid as hell. Yeah. No. Right, McKay, who's currently playing Clash of Clans on the show. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> I was like, speaking of a Bitcoin. Game, Take but... away his phone. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean that's that's true. I mean, and then how does that affect things going moving forward? Because you know you're saying that they're plugged in. 
So it do they play for so long and then they have to make purchases with this actual money or buy a, you know add-ons to pr- continue forward? And if so, you know, uh, digital money becomes really important. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It does. Hmm. I got. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't go pick this book up like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> it's a pretty cool concept. It I is. think it's very intriguing because it's so integrated into modern day society. Like it literally is where we're headed. And just like uh, global warming, if we don't stop, we're all going to die. <laughs> no, we'll just be plugged into machines. We will die. The machines will use us as batteries and we will die. Oh, okay. Sounds like Siri. Maybe. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Siri has an agenda that we're all not like quite sure of yet, so we'll see. My Siri just makes weird random comments. I I don't like her. Your Siri is very perverted. Is it Siri though, or is it Alexa? Alexa is the one that has me worried. Mine's Siri. And, oh, I'm yeah. Siri. Cortana's on Android, and I kind of want her instead. But... Yeah. <laughs> Since 2004, man, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, my my Siri, I'll like push the button and start talking, and she's like, I didn't understand what you said, and then I'll do it again, and she's like, Nope. Can't do that. It says on the box it doesn't work with gingers, dude. Like, you just got to read that stuff before you make these purchases. <laughs> you connect with your yeah. soul, and since you don't have one, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. All right. Soul-based processor. That's the problem. Sorry, dude. Okay. It's because I'm a ginger. Good to know. Yeah. My daughter set her Siri to German, <laughs> and now she is realizing she doesn't speak German as well as she thought she did. That sounds like a <laughs> mean phone. Really angry? Yeah. <laughs> her phone is an angry person. So, move on. So, the book's out. It's going well. Uh, they can find it anywhere. It's it's in normal hardback. It's in ebook as well as audiobook as well. Uh, yes, it's in audio. It's in ebook. It's in uh, hardback. It is in your preferred method of book consumption. We are everywhere. So if you want to be it found on at all of your fat, lazy American bookstores, right, yeah. Dan? Oh, wait, what? Noble. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem too. I, I don't mind stereotyping my own country. Yeah, down with that. <laughs> More power to you, my man. All right. So, and then besides this, you also have um, you've got the John Cleaver series, which you're working on. So, is the the second book in the second trilogy coming out soon? Or yes, it comes out in uh, May. Wow. Though the uh, the big news right now is that in just uh, what is it? week and a half mm-hmm. i will be at the south by southwest film festival for oh, yes. the premiere of the movie dude yes That's so really i am cool. not a serial killer is being premiered which is awesome it has christopher lloyd in it ah! um and then oh toby christopher Froud. Lloyd, max records yes. and laura fraser yes are our three stars it's pretty legit and, dude and toby Froud is the creature creator you're probably yep. dancing on stars man congratulations oh absolutely we're I am I am stupidly excited for this, and it's very go, going to the film festival has me super nervous because I've been doing books forever and I feel like I know what to do at a book convention, a film festival I've never been to one and so it's just it's just I, a I'm bunch of jibble jabble out of my depth. I'd, it should be very similar, I would think, isn't it? I, well, Is it similar to a book thing? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm the filmmaker. I've no, never been to a book like thing. No, because South by Southwest, I'm learning. You know, it's they're showing tons of movies constantly, and so it's scattered all over the city. And you can't just show up. You know, you need to get a ticket and all these different things. And I mean, that that sounds normal. Yeah. 
And it sounds weird for this guy to be saying, what? I can't see a movie without a ticket. But it is taking me by surprise at every corner. I get five or six emails a day as the PR company and the producers and me and my agent, we're all trying to coordinate who's going to be where and who's doing what and what do we need to bring. And and it's just so different from what I'm used to that I'm I'm growing more nervous about it. But It'll be fun, dude. Yeah. Film festivals are fun. They're rarely like awkward. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And then the whole time you could just tweet and you know show pictures of yourself to Brandon and say, look, my movie, and so on and so forth, and just have fun with that one. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's the one thing I still have over him, and I'm going to use it for everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> they went to school with each other. You know, it's, yeah. oh, okay. They've got a good relationship. I'm glad we got that detail out. Yes, as the listeners yes. are like, yeah. wow. Brandon and I have known each other forever. It's going on. Since 98, so what is that, like 18 years? Um, uh, yeah, that is. He, we, we were in a writing group together, and then I introduced him to his editor, and he got published a couple years before I did. But when I sold German rights to my first trilogy, that was, at the time, the largest single contract either of us had ever had. Wow. And I was very excited. I'm like, yes, I finally beat Brandon at something. And then two weeks later, he got the Wheel of Time deal, and it's just I've then, never caught up with him since. Yeah, he exploded. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Well, I mean, congrats on the movie. Uh, that's pretty cool. I know we, we've talked about it a little bit, and I'm excited to see it. You know, the book is amazing. I like, you know, I want to see how it turns out on the big screen. I know some things have to get changed, but. Uh, got a great cast, and you know Christopher Lloyd as you know the villain is going to be amazing as well. That's awesome. Um, you know, and, and you're just you're just plugging along. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, three books this year plus the movie launch. It's wow. a very busy year. Can you give me a short synopsis of what that book is about? Because I'm very intrigued. Which uh, which book got the movie deal? Oh, I'm not a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, I'm Not a Serial Killer is uh, was actually the first book I ever published. It's the first of a horror series about a teenage sociopath who is obsessed with death and with serial killers, and he's afraid he's turning into one, so he sets rules to keep himself from hurting anyone. And then a real supernatural monster comes to his town, and he has to break all of his own rules in order to stop it. Oh, dude, that sounds so good. It is oh, so good. man. Think of it like a teenage of Dexter oh, in an X-Files episode. Yeah, it's on Audible. Uh, there's there's four of the books out right now. Um, and Dude. then the fifth one's coming out in May, he said. I'm totally down. That sounds it's, epic. It is a great series. So, Well, you got fifth, another book fifth sold. The book comes out in May. It's called uh, Over Your Dead Body. And it's my favorite one so far. We'll see if other people like it as much as I do. It's very weird. Wait, how many <laughs> books are in this series? So the it, it will eventually be six. Um, I'm in the middle of revising a different book right now, but as soon as I finish that, then I'm starting uh, book six in that series, and I have to finish that by end of May. So I'm on a very tight schedule to get that one out. That is intended to be the end, but I also thought book three was going to be the end. Yeah. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? So I mean, so after you kind of wrap this up, are you ever going to go back to partials, or is partials done with those three books? 
Um, and I know there's a couple other things you were looking into doing. Um, there was that one kind of that home improvement, but it was like a cream that you could apply and it would change your thing, your looks and stuff like that. Was that ever? That's the one that I am uh, doing right now. Okay. That is uh, the third book that I'm releasing this year. That one comes out from Tor in November. Oh, November is not close enough. Dang it. I just know that you... book is called Extreme Makeover Apocalypse Edition. Yes. <laughs> and it is about a health and beauty company that accidentally creates a hand lotion that can overwrite your DNA. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know you've, you've talked, to, talked to me about it at least uh, a couple times. I've been talking about that book forever. I started writing that book before I ever started the Partial series. Wow. And it is now finally, like six years later, it's coming out. Um, right. And it's taken me forever to write it. Uh, it was around 200,000 words when I finished the manuscript, and we're cutting it down to about 120, which is what I'm doing right now. Wow. Um so it's it's a big book. It's a big epic standalone science fiction story. Um, it, it's awesome. It's unlike anything I've ever written before. So it's it's super crazy. I'm excited. So. I can't wait to pick up the audio book, dude. That's just seriously yes. Another book sold for I'm yes. Not a Serial Killer. It is great. <laughs> I'm pissed that I didn't get the movie rights first, man. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> So, all right. Well, you know, I, we're almost out of time here. So, is with there... that, suck it, Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. You're just going just all out, out everybody. Tonight, to so, is there anything else you want to throw out there or um, let our listeners know? I mean, you've kind of oh, tons of stuff out there. Let's see. I've talked about all three books. Yes. I've talked about the movie. Yes. Um, oh, yes. I have to tell you. Um, that if if any of you out there in listener land are writers, I also do a podcast yes. called Writing Excuses, which is me and Brandon and Mary Robinette Kowal and Howard Taylor. And that is 15 minutes a week, uh, totally free, designed for aspiring writers. Plus, uh, we have started doing writing retreats. We kind of hold our own little mini conference every September. And last year we realized we could do it on a cruise ship without raising the price. And so this will be our second year on the cruise, and registration is still open. Plus, we are giving away four scholarships. So if you you want to go to a week-long writing conference on a cruise ship in the Caribbean and can't afford it, please go apply for one of our scholarships. Uh, They are... Registration for the, applic- the application period for the scholarships closes on March 15th, so you've uh, got like a week left. Mm-hmm. This is like the most gangster writer's life I've ever heard of, man. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, it sounds it sounds so like posh and luxur- luxurious to do it on a cruise ship, but what we found is that cruise ships kind of cater towards not necessarily writing conferences, but conventions in general. They're really trying to attract that audience, and so literally. We used to do this in a cabin in Tennessee and realized that we could do it on a cruise ship without having to raise the price. It's the exact same price wow. that you would pay for the cabin in Tennessee and staying in like a Motel 6. Someone needs to so, call Comic-Con and notify them. Well, and not only that, <laughs> you, you're not responsible to do the dishes and cook the food, right? Exactly. So uh, people have more interaction with us and with our guest instructors than they used to because – 
we don't have to administrate anything and we don't have to cook anything. We don't have to clean anything. We can just hang it on a boat and see stuff and write stuff. It's awesome. Man. The housewife's dream. If only. Why'd I have to so, buy a house? Everybody come <laughs> to our awesome cruise. Yes. So, okay. So, for those of you, great books are already available out there. If you haven't read any of Dan's books, go out, pick them up. Um, if you're interested in writing, uh, take a listen to Writing Excuses. There's, there is a long, long library of episodes that will be great tips for you. And if you are a writer and want to be a part of this, uh, go to their website and uh, jump on the cruise. I mean, who doesn't want to go on a cruise? Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. And then you get to learn how to write from Brandon and Dan and Howard and Mary and everyone else they're bringing. Jeez. I know. It's amazing. Thug life, it's, man. It's I can't even believe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, all right. With that said, we, uh, we're going to close the show, and we're out of here. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks, dude. Good luck with your movie. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers. It's Daniel here, and I have an amazing opportunity for you. We've recently teamed up with Battle Bards, and because of that, you can now level up your games. That's right. If you are into role-playing, uh, whether at D&D, uh, Pathfinder, or any type of fantasy setting, this is a great opportunity. Now, Battle Bards, what they do is they provide sound effects and soundtracks that you can customize for your game. That's right. You can customize it for your game. So if you're running down a, a creepy dark hallway in the Underdark and then you wander into a conclave of drow uh, you know, that are torturing and killing people, every delicious moment is right there for you. So all you need to do is go to BattleBards.com, click in one of these three codes, either DCR1 or DCR2 or DCR3, and get some really cool bonus content for your purchases. So check it out, throw in those codes, and then level up your game. Until next time, we'll see ya. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things.